This weekend at the box office, the bad guys finished first, the Northmen made its way south, and turns out Nicolas Cage discovered the unbearable weight of massive niche. Plus, the sweet 16 candles of multiplex sadness begins as we crown division winners. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 196th episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Where each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host Brian. And I'm your host Noah. And you know what I would have told you if uh, a few days ago you had told me that the bad guys would outgross the Northmen and the unbearable weight of massive talent? Duh. Right, that's the trailer. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, is that even in the trailer? Yeah, that's the song they have in the trailer. Okay, I just, I was just thinking of the song, but uh, yeah, double, double works then. Yes, extra point. Double works for me. I. Let's go. We got a lot of stuff. Let's get right into it. Uh, our let's, top, our top five. Yeah, for the I was week. wondering because we're doing the tournament first. If we wanted to save the top oh, five, interesting. For our interesting time at the point. Box office. Interesting point. Well I say we made, do that. Yeah, that right. that of course makes sense because uh, one leads listen, to the other. And then a lot of movies opened. One of them did good. The others didn't do that good. So it's not that exciting. So instead, let's get to the exciting part. Love that. That way, you guys can stop listening. Uh, after that, <laughs> never. Um, Multiplex Sadness. Here we go. The round of Sweet 16 Candles. They finally start having fun names. That's right. We finally uh, discovered... This is at the point where movies have been made that have the numbers associated with tournaments. One day, a movie is going to come out that's called, like, The 32 Rings of the Master, and I'm going to be Shang-Chi and the Legend of the 32 Rings. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, we are going over the Godfather Conference for divisions, and we are deciding division winners. So we are essentially going to be crowning winners this yeah. week. The the biggest dramatic flop of the 21st century, the biggest comedic, the biggest reboot remake flop, and the biggest franchise non-starter flop. We're deciding those. It's very exciting. Four divisions. The first, the Spike Lee division. We have, as I have to scroll down. The one seed, Alexander, against the three seed, Cats. Alexander was released November 24th, 2004. It opened on a Wednesday. So over the five days that it was open, the first five days, $22 million over the Friday through Sunday portion, 13 It carried a budget of $155 million. Final gross domestically, 34 Worldwide, 167 Cats opened December 20th, 2019. Opening weekend, $6 million. It had a budget of 100. Final gross was 27 and 74 worldwide total. All right, so we have five categories. The first film to three wins or moves on. Yes, indeed. I don't know if you can call this winning. We are determining how bad these things did, but yeah, winning to is, us. Yeah, this is like this is like getting the pennant, but not you know winning the title yet. Our five categories are quality of movie, bigger profit relative to budget. Obviously, the Worst film will get the first point. The second point will be to the film with the lowest profit relative to the budget. Then, uh, Easier Road to Success, the film that had it easiest. Yeah, should have succeeded. Mm -hmm. Didn't. 
the film that was further from success, the film that uh, needed the most changed about it in order to succeed as far as we see it. And finally, the legacy of the film. Is it thought upon at all? Is it a stain on someone's uh, filmography? Is it of a positive legacy? Because that wouldn't be great. No. Not for, for this uh, tournament. Yeah, not for purposes of being the biggest flop ever. And uh, we have a tiebreaker if we so need it. All right, here we go. The bigger profit relative to budget. Alexander costs $155 million. It grossed 167 worldwide. That's profit of 108. And Cats at a budget of 100, gross of 74. I'll do the math for you. Don't worry about it. Profit of 74% per oh. one goes to Cats. Quality of movie, Noah. Very curious as to your take. I uh, yeah, this is this is kind of tough because Alexander is. I don't know. I don't know if you can even quite call it a biopic. Like it is, but it's so far in the past that it just kind of seems like fully made up. But I think uh, I think Cats is the worst movie here. I think interesting. It's, uh, Alexander really falls into a lot of the. Uh, the modern biopic pitfalls uh, and is just pretty uninteresting and poorly put together. Uh, but I, th- it's very, it's very long is my only hesitation to say this, but I just, I feel like I'd watch it again over cats, which Alexander is no use for at all. Alexander's long and boring cats has a novelty to it. You know, it's like, um, like a group of people who are like, we want to watch cats. We're like, oh, we'll have fun doing that. Yeah. For an hour and 40 minutes. No one's saying, oh, we're going to watch Alexander. Like, That's going to be fun for three hours. Sure. But you, I don't... you don't get as much. I'm just telling you what how I'm voting. Okay, sure. Go on. Uh, I'm not trying to convince you on that yeah. point because I know that does not work for you. Um, and also, it's a, it's a toe tapper. Some of the songs are decent and... There's no toes to be tapped for Alexander. I just think it's it's dull and bad and, and pretty poorly made. And so um, part of me is just giving it to giving the point to Alexander because Cats is a shorter movie, which will immediately make it more rewatchable for me. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, you add in some of the songs and the novelty of the fact that at the music box, this could be a great midnight screen of everyone meowing at the screen or whatever. I'm going with cats. Sure, uh, or, I'm. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to uh, try to change your mind too much here. But I do want to point out that the novelty of watching cats, I think, has little if nothing to do with the quality of the movie. I uh, like that because it's kind of. It could be kind of fun to gather with people and be like, ha ha ha, look at look at that. Like that doesn't make the movie itself better. That just means that we have sort of adapted to its badness. No, but I think that if Alexander was better, it could have that novelty to it. Which, so I think Alexander, that makes Alexander the worst film. Okay. All right. Fair enough. What, what's our score? It is... So I've got uh, Cats up 2 nothing. You've got it tied 1-1 one to one with Alexander. All right. Easier road to success. Alexander opened at number 6 against National Treasure which was number one in its second weekend. The Incredibles was number two in its fourth, and Christmas with the Cranks was number three in its first weekend. Alexander fell to number seven in its sophomore frame, 65% drop. Directed by Oliver Stone, it was his first film in five years since Any Given Sunday did okay business, but was pretty expensive. It was 18 years after Platoon, 17 since Wall Street, 15 
since Born on the Fourth of July and 13, since The Doors and JFK. Starred Colin Farrell. It was a year after his breakout, 2013, which had The Recruit, Daredevil, and SWAT. Also starred Angelina Jolie. She was a very popular tabloid target, one of the most famous people in the world. Um, but she had been in underperforming action movies since Lara Croft Tomb Raider in 2001. The film carried an ensemble cast, Anthony Hopkins, Val Kilmer. Troy was a very similar film, um, speaking of Angelina Jolie, which starred Brad Pitt, that came out in May of that same year. Troy was more action-based, more popcorn of a flick, not really going for Oscar glory, which this was. And it made uh, pretty decent money. Alexander carried a lot of controversies, the sexual orientation of the main characters, the historical accuracy. It had a 16 on Rotten Tomatoes and a 39 on Metacritic. Cats opened at number four. Against Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker's first weekend, Jumanji, The Next Level in its second weekend, and Frozen 2 in its fifth. It dropped to number eight in its second weekend, a 27% drop. Thank you, Christmas. Based on Cats, which is a very popular animal, plus the fourth longest-running Broadway show, it started the trend of big-budget blockbuster musicals on Broadway. Tom Hooper directed it. He's an Oscar-winning director for The King's Speech in 2010. And it was seven years after he had led Les Miserables to big numbers and a lot of Oscar nominations, plus one high-profile win. For for what? Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I figured. The only, uh, the only good part of that movie. Oh, right. Um, that's probably true. Although p- people don't like her in it. Well, people are wrong. People do not like her. In and also, uh, I do not give the movie credit for just the movie of Le- or the music of Les Mis being good. There are plenty of good songs in that movie, but it is not the movie didn't write them. Could have been a point against Cats as well for my thing where I said some of the songs are toe tappers. Yeah, perhaps. It's the exact same point. But again, uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to argue that point too hard. Cats had an ensemble cast, if not one filled with box office uh, stars. But still a big cast, and it had an original song and a cameo from Taylor Swift. 19 on Rotten Tomatoes, 32 on Metacritic. Very close on Tomatoes and Metacritic. What had the easier road to success? So I think this is an interesting case, because in a vacuum, if you were to just put put these two movies up against each other, I, I would say that it would be Cats, because it's just a much bigger property that I think is a much easier way for people to latch on to. Uh, but with Alexander coming out in 2004, uh, in a time when like that kind of movie could hit big and stars in it could matter. And even like Oliver Stone directing, you know, you'd, you mentioned it was well past his sort of heyday, but that's still a name that people know. Uh, any of those things could have latched on and made Alexander a hit. Uh, whereas Cats opened in uh, just much later, and especially against an absolutely just huge gauntlet of other movies around that Christmas with Rise of Skywalker and Jumanji 2 and Frozen 2, uh, I think my vote is going to Alexander. It's easier road. Yeah, it's tough. You know, I think that Cats is a bigger property. Musicals can hit big. They're obviously a mixed bag, but um, they can certainly hit big. This is going after the Christmas crap. Alexander is more expensive back when 15 years earlier, it's $55 million more expensive, which would probably equate to about $100 million now. Um, so it needs a lot to recoup. And the Troy thing, I think, does hurt it 
It just feels very similar yeah. on its face to Troy, especially because it's not as commercially viable. It's two and a half hours. There's, you know, weird stuff in it as far as mainstream audiences are concerned. Yeah. At at, at the time, there's, I'm sure a lot of people looked at this as like a big gay drama. Yeah. So the competition is worse for cats. I agree, but I do think he was trying to carve out um, a place for itself as far as Christmas goes. Cheaper budget, bigger property. I'm gonna say on paper, I, I like, uh, I like cats. And cats are the easier road to success. Yeah, I do. Right. This is a very interesting matchup. I don't think we've ever split on two different votes no. uh, in the tournament so far. I. Uh, which actually kind of uh, evens things up a little bit. Uh, Cats is now up two to one for both of us. Interesting. Moving on to furthest from success. Okay. I. Uh, I don't know. I mean, ignoring the fact that none of it really worked. Cats had an interesting cast for what you want like today i think yeah you, you know get, a lot of just solid kind of role players yeah I, f- I feel like if for the for the market they're trying to get you know you say like they're going for the sort of uh, awards musical at christmas kind of thing i feel like jennifer hudson's big uh, especially people, with memory that's yeah and, and, she, and it, she's it, the it, main cat it mirrors her dream girls thing where that also had just like one scene yeah you know um Taylor Swift, I think, is a good get. It's a huge, huge get. I, uh, Jimmy C himself, James Corden. It's a huge <laughs> what, get. What, I think Mister Let's Get Loud. Um. Yeah, I mean Alexander's cast is on point. It's such a on paper like the correct move for Farrell. Yeah. You know he has he has the blockbusters. Although, um, you know Daredevil was a supporting player, but I think people thought he was one of the better parts of it, and. SWAT was an ensemble that he led, but, like, he's very hot. He's very attractive. He's, like, in the tabloids for fucking people. And then then he gets the big buy of the big Oscar play. Jolie's good casting there. The time frame of Alexander works. You can look at the competition and just the... It wants to lead into be the big drama of the holiday season. Cats, I think, works on principle. I think that the Frozen hurts it because that is also a musical. Yeah. But where else are you going to release Cats? It's got to be Christmas. What about Thanksgiving? That's when Frozen Two came out. Yeah, I guess I, I, I keep I keep I keep looking at like Frozen Two it was in the mix, forgetting that it was in Weekend Five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was your right. Thanksgiving. Sure. I feel like it, that's that's the date. If you want to pick a different year, if you want to hold on to it for a year, fine. Although yeah. we know now that that wouldn't have worked out. So, no. I, you know, Tom Hooper is the right director. Both of them have the correct director for this kind of thing. Yeah. Both of them have the right release date. Alexander's budget is like for what it is, for what they wanted on paper. That like is f- the top of what I would pay for it. Yeah. But I can see in 2004 being like, this is going to be like the next, you know, Glad- Gladiator was cheap. Well, not cheap, but it was, I think Gladiator was less wasn't, expensive. Yeah, it wasn't 150 No, it might have been because those Coliseum scenes were like all CGI. Okay. So maybe it was. But that's what they were looking for was the next Gladiator. This big, you know, epic. And maybe you hold Alexander a year to get away from Troy. I... Uh, yeah. That would 
Yeah, that would probably be a good call. Uh, Similar to what I would have said for The Matrix, which also, interestingly enough, the year before this, yeah, Matrix Reloaded opened in May of 2003. Troy opened in May of 2004. Matrix Revolution opened in November 2003. Alexander opened November 2004. <laughs> and they both kind of... Well, Revolutions was a bigger hit than Alexander was, but it's funny yeah. that they... Yeah, both both could both have had similar issues. Just put revolutions out when Alexander comes out, maybe earlier. The point is, uh, yes, that is amusing. Uh, also, Gladiator cost a hundred million dollars. Yeah, all right. Got so about. yeah, you could have done it for a hundred. Yeah, but um, what do you have to change more besides the script? It's, Might be cats. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I think just the. The competition for cats on that weekend, like, when else do you put it out? I don't know, but it's got to come out some other time, right? I uh, and also like looking at the budgets. On the on the one hand, like cats is significantly cheaper. I uh, spent like relative Here's to when the money was spent. Here's what you do: you do cats as a platform release. You build, assuming it's good. They don't, you know, you sure. know it's bad. You build up buzz. The for the first three weeks of December, or first two weeks of December, you open it on December twentieth in like four theaters. Okay, because then it seems like the big specialty Christmas release. It gets the big swing. Yeah, and then you release it wide like January fifteenth okay. after you get all that kind of buzz. So it doesn't. It, it feels like a Christmas movie. It feels like you want to go when it's Christmas time, but that way you can build a little bit of buzz and get some separation from the other yeah. movies. I I I also think the. Uh, we're we're kind of overlooking here how weird cats is. I think the sort of anthropomorphic human cat hybrid thing they did mm-hmm. was like noble in its efforts, I guess, but a big miss. Movie looked super weird in a way that I don't think people were ever going to connect with. Mm. Uh, and so I think I'm going to ding cats for that as well. And Sounds like you're going with cats. Yeah, I think I am going with cats here. Um, it, it it's hard for me because yeah, you know, cats did. Looking at the numbers, Alexander, which is not uh, a measurement of profit, made back its budget. Yeah, cats didn't. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I was gonna say. Like, Cat seems like it has a more reasonable budget, but it didn't. Alexander its technically made its back, and Cats did not. Yeah, Alexander had the overseas yeah. vote and help it a lot. Um, Cats no, made less it domestic. Hugely. Yeah. All right, I'll go with Cats. Cats can move on. All right, Cats, which I think is also what like film Twitter would want. Oh they yeah, like film Twitter would definitely. They want like it. shitting on Cats. Yeah, so. if it if this went to, if this went on to Legacy, Cats would win because hey, it had a butthole cut. Hey, Netflix. You you don't mess with cats. We just did. What is that show called? I uh, oh yeah. Hang on. God, what is that show called? Uh, it's not called like you don't kill cats, even though I think that's what they did. Yeah, Netflix. I had forgotten enti- entirely you about that. Don't mess with cats when you uh, when you find the answer on Netflix. Don't go, fuck with cats. Hey yeah. Netflix, cats were just fucked with. Yeah, they were. They win. The biggest dramatic flop of the 21st century, 
Like it or not, it is Cats. <laughs> I'd say congratulations, but... That seems like a big label for it. All right, moving on. The Mel Brooks division, the comedies. Here we go. The one-seed Evan Almighty against the seven-seed Gigli. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Evan Almighty was released June twenty second, 2007. Opening weekend, $31 million. A budget of one seventy five. Final gross, 100 domestic and 174 worldwide. Gigli was released August 1st, 2003. Opening weekend, $3 million. Budget of 54. Final gross, 6 domestic, 7 worldwide. Evan Almighty had a budget of 175. It grossed 174. Profit of 99. Gigli cost 54. Gross 7. Profit of 13. Point one goes to Gigli. Indeed it does. Uh, Quality of movie. Point two goes to Gigli. Uh, Easier road to success. Yes, Gigli is quite bad. I. Uh, I guess this we should talk. I guess this I'll, this I'll read is, the things and talk because that this is an interesting conversation. Yeah, this is uh, all right. Yeah, there's a there's a tough wrinkle. This here. is not a sweep for Gigli. Evan it Almighty. Might be. Evan Almighty opened at number one. Uh, 1408 was number two in its first weekend. Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer was number three. Ocean's Thirteen was number four. In its sophomore frame, it, Evan Almighty dropped to number three, fifty-one percent drop. Of course, the sequel to Bruce Almighty, which made an enormous four hundred eighty-four million dollars four years earlier. You know what's wild? Evan Almighty would have to make more than that worldwide this to is, really be profitable. Yeah, I know. This is this is why it's still. Might it has to be make really. more than the than the Jim Carrey led comedy. Anyway. Uh, directed by Tom Shadiak, who did Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, The Nutty Professor, Liar Liar, Patch Adams, and Bruce Almighty. Starring Steve Carell two years after The 40-Year-Old Virgin, and I believe I said last week that would make it like year three of The Office. 23 on Rotten Tomatoes, 37 on Metacritic. Gigli came in at number eight on opening weekend against American Weddings first weekend, Spy Kids 3D, Game Over's second, and Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of Black Pearl in its fourth weekend. It was 18 in a sophomore frame, dropped 82%, made $600,000 in Weekend 2, starred Ben Affleck six months after Daredevil was a big hit, and a year after Changing Lanes did well, and The Sum of All Fears hit pretty decently. Also starred Jennifer Lopez two years after The Wedding Planner made $60 million domestic, and one year after Made Manhattan made 94 Of course, the pairing of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez was a big deal. They started dating a year and a half before the film's release. They were engaged in November of 2002. Tabloids went nuts for them. Benifer was the first portmanteau of a celebrity couple. 6% on Rotten Tomatoes, 18 on Metacritic. The budget's smaller. It starred two people who, you know, realistically, audiences don't really jive for real couples acting in movies together. Uh-huh. And like historically that's really been worked out very well, but they were so popular that like, I almost think Geely did because we're not counting the script. Are we counting the idea though? Cause the idea has Justin Bartha's character. That's true. I, and I mean, just in terms of an easier road to success, I don't know that that I like the idea of Bartha is going to, turn off as many people as it should in 2003 i guess here here's to me what it comes down to is how do you define success are we are we talking about i like, think when everyone um tries their hardest and has fun okay 
<laughs> in that case, it's got to be Evan Almighty. I now because if success means like a like literal like successful profitable movie, mm-hmm. then yeah, like you said, Evan Almighty, the only scenario in which it does that is when it is if it outgrosses Bruce Almighty, which was just a phenomenally huge success. It seems like it's a point for Gili, though. Well, but I think there's another way to look at it, as in, like, if Evan Almighty makes, like, $250 million, mm. uh, and is just, like, is successful enough to basically not be the one seed in this tournament, like, we'd still probably be considering it, because that budget is just, like, colossal, uh, enormous, More than insanely bad. But, you know, if... If Evan Almighty made uh, made 175 uh, domestic and 250 worldwide, like it wouldn't be the same kind of huge failure it is now, where it okay. didn't even make its budget back. Right. And if we consider that success, then I think my answer's got to be Evan here because just the power of the almighty dollar. Uh, yeah, the power of God. No, the just the the power of the uh, the power of the IP. It's a it's a sequel to an enormously successful movie. I uh, but I I don't know. I mean, what wh- how, wh- how do you feel about that distinction? Like what I mean, I do, do agree think? that if like if Evan Almighty made 200 million domestic it's like if if it was um Superman Returns and it made 200 million here. Yeah. And like 390 worldwide. Not a hit, but it can sit on its laurels at 200 million domestic, and we probably get a cheaper sequel. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, it wouldn't be like considered one of the biggest flops. But if Gili made $40 million domestic, wor- even worldwide, yeah. it's the same thing. We wouldn't really be considering it one of the biggest flops. You know, it didn't make its budget back, but it also didn't like lose an enormous amount of money. And also, just looking at you know our our differential here, it's not it's not like in the grand scheme of things, the amount of money Gili lost is nothing compared to the amount of money Evan Almighty lost. The sure, studio. yeah, it's not a it's not a one to one for sure. But as far as far as easier road to success, I have to go with the cheaper ones with the movie stars. You know, yeah, I th- I think that's. If this, I, th- I if, think that I think that's I, just, if, I think if that's this, right. If this was a two-hander, if this was Evan Almighty starring Steve Carell and Jim Carrey, uh huh, then I then yeah, I would agree. Evan Almighty is the weaker film, but he had one movie under his belt, like one hit. He probably was in something. I he might have been in something else after you know, both starring thing after this. I don't know. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine was two thousand six, but. You know, The Office was a hit, but a hit back then was... The Office was a hit. I I, I don't want to disparage that, but it was sure. like 9 million viewers a week, and then they they did a lot of business on iTunes, and that's really what like blew them up. Yeah. You know, but that's not pulling in huge grosses, and it, it just... You, you immediately dig yourself into a huge hole when you spend that much money on a comedy. Yeah. So your easier road to success... Already is starting 50 miles back that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I think you're right. Geely might just be like a perfect storm. If, if, which is weird. Cause like, it wasn't that big of a flop. <laughs> it's just, it's just terrible. 
and it just made like a preposterously low amount of money for the time it came out in and the people that were in it. Yeah. That's it. But like if if Gigli cost like 120 and made what it made, then f- sure. I just it does feel weird that it's like a really low budgeted movie comparatively. Yeah. And it just made a lot less, but I mean, I think I think to our point like part part of it is having is giving yourself an easy road to success, yeah. and Geely had it. But Geely has some stiff competition on the other side of this chart. Yeah, I. Uh, Geely advances. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's wow. It will take on. Is this just the winner of the previous uh, the previous matchup? Is Cats? Got yes. it. All I can think of was Alexander, because <laughs> Cat Cats and Geely. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Biggest flop. Okay, maybe. Um, the John Carpenter division, the reboots and the remakes. We decided to put them together. The two seed Fantastic Four takes on the four seed Doolittle. Fantastic Four came out August 7, 2015. Opening weekend, $25 million. Budget, 120. Final gross, 56 domestic. 168 worldwide. Doolittle came out January 17, 2020. Opening weekend, $22 million. It was a holiday weekend. I believe Martin Luther King Day, maybe President's Day. Twenty-eight million for that four-day budget of one seventy-five. The Evan Almighty special. Oh yeah, same studio I think. I think this is Universal also. Final gross seventy-seven domestic, two forty-five worldwide. Fantastic Four. <laughs> Shit, I'm gonna have to like actually do these numbers because they seem to be tied. All right, Noah. That's interesting. Here's what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to look up that thing, the equation, which I know how to do. Because I type in equation to our text chain. And you tell me. So now I'm going to go through them live, okay? Okay. So, Noah. Yeah. I just looked up Evan Almighty. (laughs) (laughs) God, it's hot in here. Okay, here we go. It is kind of hot in here. Yeah, I know. Hey, listeners, can you hear this? Right in. Um, Fantastic Four. I can't believe I I have to type in this goddamn J.K. Rowling movie series is really fucking up. Oh, yeah. It goes straight to Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. And also the nice guys is the first thing under Fantastic, which it is. Maybe that's why. It'd be funny. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a great movie. All right. Here we go. Gross. Okay. Fantastic Four worldwide made $167 million, $882,881. It cost, what did it cost? What did I have? $120 million. $120 million multiplied by 100. 1.39 point. Nine zero two. I'm gonna screenshot it as well. What? One one hundred thirty nine. One thirty nine point nine. Yeah. Got well, it. I think the other one's gonna might be that as well. Okay. So, all right. Its competitor, Doolittle. Do less. Made two hundred forty five million four hundred thirty nine thousand one hundred fifteen dollars. Okay. It costs how much? 175. 175. Times 100. 140.25. So there you go. So Fantastic Four wins I'll turn the by a off. hair. 
Yeah, I was wondering before we did this whether this would be one that you would need to rewatch. No. Okay. Because uh, we didn't, so that's good. Yes. What are you giving your point to? Uh, what fan- was the worst film? The worst film is Fantastic Four. Yeah, I have to agree, even though I really think that like the first hour is a pretty darn good uh, like body horror take on superhero movies. Sure. But it falls apart in a disastrous way. Yeah, it is a... Uh, is one of the but I did not like Doolittle. No, Doolittle's quite bad. Yeah, uh, this is this is a tough thing. I felt this way a few times through this tournament where I'm voting for one movie and it kind of makes it seem like I'm being like, oh yeah, like Doolittle's whatever, but yeah. like Fantastic Four is bad. Both of these movies are awful. Yeah, not good. But Fantastic Four, I you think, is eat. just less coherent in what it is. It falls apart in the studio interference way that. That's right. In a way that just few movies do. Um, now, I have a quick question. I think this could just be an easy sweep. Easy road to success. I think it's the cheap superhero movie. Yeah, that's, I mean, the the bu- the budget, the 175 on paper, undoes it again. I just think on paper, if you're doing, we're doing a hot Fantastic Four, yeah. dark, sexy cast, Michael B. Jordan. This is right before Creed, but still. Yeah. Um, budget, 120. Yeah, and like these are, these are all people that, like, aren't movie stars necessarily. But Jamie Bell is not a movie star. <laughs> Tin Tin. Hang on, who was the fourth one? Uh, Jamie Bell. No, it's Miles Teller. I'd forgotten. Oh, I thought yeah. I thought it was K. Bar. Yeah. No, I, like, you could kind of see all of those people becoming like stars in the way that all the MCU people did. Oh yeah, this was a if year this, if after. This was, a hit. this was a year after Whiplash. Miles yeah. Teller had that heat on him. Yeah, they've all they've all got. This uh, is also yeah. the same year. I think this was. No, I think it was actually 2004 that that awkward moment came out with those two. So they had a year removed from that. But yeah. yeah, yeah, this is just this is a this is a good assembly of people that all all could have become something for the brand. Yeah, uh, and the budget is the budget is good. Budget is real good for a comic book movie. And Doolittle's budget is not. Doolittle's budget is insane. Like it's got it's got like the right star kind of, and it's got a big voice cast. I give it all that. Yeah, but if these if these movies cost the same amount of money, then I think I I'm, go Then I think I go Doolittle. Yeah. But it's just it's it's insane. Spending 175 million dollars is some on a movie is something that should just kind of hardly ever be done. And it's interesting because I don't know if we're counting this, but like the negative um, pre-release reports about Fantastic Four. Yeah. Studio interference. They didn't think it was very good. Why didn't we get a trailer? That might have just been regulated to Twitter. Same thing with Doolittle, though. Not not as much, not as fervent. Yeah. But Doolittle also had all the reshoots and bringing in someone who could actually direct this instead of Stephen Gagan. So even in that regard... They're pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Moves makes on. Quick work. Quick of Doolittle. Wow. Sweep cleaned, in fact. Let's see who it will face. The Steven Spielberg division, the franchise. Non starters. Here we go. The one seed John Carter against the seven seed Green Lantern. John Carter was released March 9th, two thousand and twelve. Opening weekend, $30 million, a budget of two fifty. final gross 73 and 284 domestic, or worldwide, rather. Green Lantern was released June 17, 2011. Opening weekend, $53 million, budget of 200 final gross of 116 domestic, 220 worldwide. 
John Carter cost $250 million to make. It made 284. That's profit of 113. Green Lantern had a budget of 200. It cost 220. Shockingly, a lower profit of 110%. Three percentage points. That's crazy that any movie can really beat John Carter costing 250. Yeah. But it did. Point one goes to Green Lantern. I guess, guess what? It's getting a quick two points. Yeah. It's this might be a movie. quick sweep. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get into budget talks again. It helps. It helps. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to step on this too much. But it helps that Green Lantern also had a pretty silly budget. This is yes, but this this um, easier road to success to me is easily Green Lantern. Okay. Superhero, generic four quadrant, charming lead, a name, a name yeah. in the lead. <laughs> something the other movie has not not only a name but a name that the future would go on to prove like could, is a could carry is a, superhero a huge movie. superhero yeah. guy yeah um a direct a great choice for a director martin campbell directed it he did goldeneye and die another day and casino royale yeah. he's he he makes hits especially out of movies that are um the first of a franchise with goldeneye and uh, casino royale it's based on a popular comic book character. John Carter's based on something that might be popular to a small number of people. Sure. And it's the big one of the big summer temples. I just I think that that it like in this era, in the two thousand eleven, the sure thing is Green Lantern here. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I think the only thing John Carter is going for it is the Disney machine. Yeah. Which is like not nothing, but it's not, is nothing. not does not I think you're right, does not make up for the rest of that. No. I think John Carter, in terms of being the uh, trying to be the biggest flop of the 21st century, had a couple of uh, a couple of real negative points in its case in that it's kind of okay, and it made kind of okay money overseas. Yeah. I and like made about two eleven overseas. Here. It's it's a celebrated flop. Uh, of course it is. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's one of the bigger flops when you think of, like, the biggest flop we have. And it's also because Green Lantern opened really well. Like, yeah. 53 is a good starting point. It just crashed and had no impact overseas, which is a big deal for these type of movies. So I feel like we're picking a lot of winners that, like, on paper wouldn't go through. Um, for like biggest flops, but with this yeah. criteria, which we determine is is what makes the biggest flop. Yeah, I Green mean, Lantern a, moves on. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that uh, there's a lot of oh, stuff I that goes find into more it. More pictures of Green Lantern. It's very hard <laughs> for some reason. Green Lantern. Green Lantern moves on, which means in two weeks, the Elite Eight Ooh. and a Half begins. I don't know if we're doing all of the Elite Eight and a Half. I don't think we are, but. Cats will take on Gili and Fantastic Four will take on Green Lantern superhero I, movies. I know that, that the I, superhero battle. I, I noticed that Fantastic Four Green Lantern matchup. I am that's exciting. Very intrigued by that. Who will win, Fantastic Four or the Green Lantern? Well, he can conjure anything. Yeah, uh, he can, can, he can he call the core? <laughs> <laughs> he could just conjure three more dudes. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> 
He conjures them. He conjures yeah. like a thing and an invisible yeah. woman. Oh, no, you're stretchy? So's my friend over here, Captain yeah. Stretch. Oh, you invisible? These are 3D glasses. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be Ryan Reynolds doing yeah. All right, let's move on. There we go. That's exciting. Next week, right. we have uh, the conclusion of Sweet 16 Candles. That is uh, very exciting indeed. But now we have done a lot of non-box office related stuff. So why don't we get right into and the I top five? I hated it. Uh, I only want to talk about box I'm just, office. I'm just trying to transition. I only want to talk about box office. Just trying to transition into the top five. I, I've done my top five Nicolas Cage movies. And I have, I guess, two big caveats here. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just kind of one in two parts. I have not seen Moonstruck all the way through. Okay. Uh, and I have not seen Raising Arizona in long enough that I declined to consider it because I just I just don't really remember it. I I guess you could also say that I haven't I haven't seen a ton of his like more recent stuff. You know, I haven't seen Pig and Mandy or Con Air. I've seen Con Air recently enough to yeah. include on this list. Yeah, you know, way more recently than I've seen Raising Arizona. All right. I. So, yeah, this is kind of a uh, top five of most of Nicolas Cage's greatest hits. But here we go. Uh, Number five, a a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. I don't know what kind of reputation this movie enjoys. I don't think it's a good one, but it's gone in 60 seconds. No, it's supposed to be real shitty. Uh, Yes, and that That bad reviews when it came out. That may be true. In fact, I'm almost certain it is. But uh, I have seen this movie a lot. Uh, sure. I had was, it on VHS, maybe. It uh, was on cable a bunch. I recall renting it a few times. I younger me thought this was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed the car stuff with the uh, there's a few a few different good heists. I uh, the I don't I can't I can't really conjure what it is about this movie that captured me, but it just really it just really kind of tickled me. It worked. Yeah. I I uh, really enjoyed watching it. I've seen it a bunch. I. Uh, I'd imagine, at least for nostalgia's sake, I'd still get quite a kick out of it. Uh, so it comes in at number five. Uh, number four, as you already mentioned, Con Air. Uh, just, a, uh, just a great fun action movie in which Nicolas Cage does a silly voice, something he is uh, very fond of. Uh, it has uh, it has been a minute since I've seen Con Air, so getting into the specifics is... Uh, but I, I do remember enjoying Con Air, and so it makes my list. Uh, number three, a movie that resonated with me quite a bit and I've been wanting to rewatch for a while is Matchstick Men. Sure. Uh, a, uh, a fun, uh, not, uh, not, not heist. What's the, uh, uh, it's like a con man movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, with a, uh, fun, uh, fun early, uh, Sam Rockwell Confidence performance. Man. Yes. Yes. There you go. I, uh, when, the, when this, when this came out, I saw it, uh, I think I saw this in theaters, uh, and just thought like, holy shit, that was great. And I don't know if it's great in that way. Uh, it's kind of why I want to rewatch it. But uh, really, really struck a chord with me when it came out. Number two, a movie I would not have expected to rate this high uh, before re- we rewatched it, I believe, last year. Uh, is Face Off. Uh, one of the famously silly movies in the world. I... Uh, that just just kind of works like a uh, Nick Cage doing Travolta in this is fun and like the pre- the premise works and there's boat fights and shit uh and it's just 
it knows how silly it is the whole time. And I like I usually don't really care. It usually doesn't work for me anyway. But Face Off just does. It's just a great, uh, great execution of a ridiculous movie. And number one uh, is Adaptation, uh, which I think would probably come in at my number one, even if I had uh, seen Moonstruck or Raising Arizona recently enough. I think so. I uh, just a just a real a real great movie, especially as a Nick Cage movie. It's got two completely separate and great Nick Cage performances. I don't really see anything else coming in uh, on the top of the list here. Yeah. I uh, and then our actual top five, I. Uh, Starts with the bad guys, as we mentioned earlier. It opened number one with $24 million. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 stayed at number two with $15.2 million. It's a 48% drop. That is up to 145.8. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore made $14 million. That was a 66% drop. That is up to $67.1 million. The Northmen opened at number four with $12 million. And the unbearable weight of massive talent opened at number five with seven point one. Yes, uh, the bad guys opened at tw- number one with twenty four. Um, I mean, it's a little surprising, but the we haven't had an animated film in months. Yeah, uh, even with Sonic kind of taking the 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 kid spot, but this just shows you how big Turning Red would have been if they actually released it in theaters, because this seemed very under the radar, but. It's uh, it's a it's a great opening for what's going on right now, especially with um, DreamWorks, which is now at Universal. Um, you know they really haven't been close to the top of the animated field in a while. Yeah. So this is one of the bigger openings for an animated film in the pandemic era. They have to be pleased with this result. It'll stick around for a while. Presumably, and uh, it's just a, it's a nice, solid opening. It you know it can get to eighty, then I think that's great for for what it is. It's doing well overseas as well. Yeah, good for them. The Northman uh, is a twelve. Yeah, that's like best case scenario for what this movie is. That's uh, the director isn't known. The star isn't a box office star. Neither is Anya Taylor Joy. Like she's not. Yeah, and it's two and a half hours of like very Nordic shit. So critics like it great, but this isn't The Revenant where it has uh, Leo DiCaprio getting his Oscar um, coming on the uh, during Oscar season and going to be nominated for a bunch of shit and also at one point being the front runner for Best Picture. Yeah. So this, and like had a, a much bigger director like having a moment. Right. So th- this was uh, as good as this was going to get for The Northman and so um, good for it. Focus Features really did their job. I don't want anyone out there going, well, they didn't push it. They pushed it. Yeah. This is, it was out there and it's not going to make money and it's because it cost an absurd amount. This could, what was it 70 or 90? It varies. Okay. One of those, Let's uh, call I, 80. either is, Let's call yeah, it 80. either is too big. Uh, yeah, this is going to be another one of those cases that like when you'd compare it to the budget, it's just not good. Uh, but if you think about the Northman, which like still basically is like, uh, Robert Eggers uh, witch lighthouse style movie. If the lighthouse opened to $12 million, that'd be great. That'd be like a huge hit. Yeah. And this is, this is a slightly more mainstream version of that, but not much. Like you mentioned, it's very Nordic Viking heavy, weird shit going on. I uh, so yeah, this is, 
this is this is like a good number, but not a successful one. And the unbearable weight of massive talent uh, at number five was seven that also opened this weekend. And yeah, it's not the movie that's going to make money. It's too niche. The, the the quirky appeal of Nicolas Cage is not a mainstream feeling. And it was not going to translate yeah. into box office. It's getting good reviews. He's not a star anymore. And the idea of isn't Nicolas Cage ridiculous is not as uh, inherently appealing to mainstream audiences. So this wasn't going to make its money back, but I'm glad that they tried and put it out there. So that's about what I would have expected. There's not really any surprises here for the movies that opened. And it's second weekend, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore dropped 67%. It has 67 total. Uh, it's not getting near 100, I wouldn't think, domestically. Especially in two weeks, it's about to get sliced at the knees <laughs> uh it has 280 worldwide and it'll get to maybe around 400 but it'll be the first potter film to gross less than 100 domestically which is a shame father stew was also in its second weekend it dropped 38 percent at number eight with three million it has 13 total yeah this could crawl to 20 in which case good for it that's as good as it could have possibly done and then my spotlight is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is in sixth place. It made another $5 million. It actually lost theaters, but dropped only... It didn't lose that many, but it did lose some theaters. Yeah. It dropped 12%. It has about 27. It's going to cross 30, and we'll look to um, get as close to 40 as possible. Really quite a sensation on the indie um, market. Yeah, it's yep. very cool. I uh, just saw it. Uh, just went and saw it again. Uh, it still works. Might talk more about it later. Uh, but for now, uh, I believe uh, it is time to play everyone's favorite game. Did, Did it, it make, make more, more or less, less than, than Ted? Ted? We all know how to play. I name a movie. You tell me whether it made more or less than Ted at the box office. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? Yeah. Now, uh, did it make more or less than Ted uh, in its uh, in its waning days? Uh, I think you've uh, you've obviously proven to be a more than formidable foe at Did It Make More or Less Than Ted? Uh, and I think uh, I think probably the end of our tournament is going to mark a brand new favorite game for everyone to love. Uh, so just uh, we get to we get to enjoy a, a little a little victory lap for the next few weeks for Ted here. Okay. Uh, your first film is Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. More. That is more. Yes. Two thousand and eleven. That is also the case. Uh, both of those things are true. I think this is a. Uh, Pretty significant uh, more as well. Yeah. Uh, your second film, though, not as significant in either direction. The Fate of the Furious. Uh, more. That is more. 2018? 17? 2017. Final answer, 17? Yeah. Good pivot. 17. Yeah. That's correct. I. Uh, yeah, the uh, the fate of the furious I think throws the eight to mine there. True. Uh, also, just like 2017 seems like a weird year for that to have come out. I don't know why, but it two does. years after the last eight, one. Eighteen seems right. Sure. Because uh, well, of the eight. Yeah, maybe that's just it. Okay. Uh, your final film is Thor: The Dark World. Uh, less. That is correct. 
2000 and um 2013 that is correct as well okay it's a clean sweep great did it make more or less than ted you're uh crushing it at this game it's been three weeks since your last clean sweep Mm -hmm. of did it make more or less than ted uh might uh, might throw a uh, might throw a little wrinkle or two into this game in the last few weeks. We'll see. We'll see how that comes out. But uh, for now, excellent job. Uh, Coming gone from a theater near you, or you're to go back in time. Yeah, sure. Uh, we are doing 2013 in honor of Thor: The Dark World, uh, the last is? movie. This is April 19th, 2013. Already, is... I'll just take a clue. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there is uh, one movie at issue here, uh-huh. uh, which is going to be a science fiction film okay battle los angeles no no another clue paul like, uh, higher profile than that we saw this in theaters you saw paul in theaters i didn't okay paul no it's not paul i uh, as i understand it a pretty well regarded movie that neither of us cared for much at all oh interesting give me more I, uh, there is uh, a particularly big movie star at the center of this film. Uh-huh. Olymp- uh huh. Olymp Oblivion. Yes. Is that one. well regarded? I think so. Maybe on Twitter it is. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I I don't think the populace at large has any opinion at all. But I just, I just mean critics when it came out. But yeah, I that, okay. That's a, uh, we did this in uh, our box office class at school. Yeah. Um. I don't know why I'm going to release. I guess I should stop clicking that before I get to the number. Uh, S- says here it may. Uh, I'm going to go with 30. God damn it. I want to say eight, but I don't think it's that high. I'm going to go 32. You should have gone with eight. Is it 38? It's 37. Shit. I. Uh, yeah. It's a little, a little bit, a little bit higher than that. But yeah, uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 53 with a 50 with a 5.8 out of 10. So, yeah. yeah, I think I think it's got I think it's gotten a little bit of a following. I think people look back on Oblivion as like, well, oh, very happy for them. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, that's it. Nothing else uh, right. of interest happened that weekend. Well, recommend a movie. We're wrapping up. I so yeah, as I uh, alluded to earlier, I am going back to uh, everything, everywhere, all at once here. Uh, we went and saw The Northman. I think uh, still pretty good. Still a recommended watch for me, but. On the scale of what it could have been, it kind of disappointed a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, whereas everything everywhere, uh, I just went and saw with uh, just went and saw with Katie last night, and is is still just outstandingly good, uh, and is still uh, still in theaters, kicking around, making money. Uh, go add yourself to the list of people that have seen this movie. Yeah, I'll say that one too. Sure, why not? That's a good one. All right, Noah, plug us up. All right, you can find us at whatsintheboxoffice.com. We are on Twitter at WitBoxOffice. That is also our Instagram handle. I'm on Twitter at Noah Druke. I'm at Brian DeSerber, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. And also I have a, a series I'm co-hosting with our friend Ahmad on his podcast, What's in the Box Office. That's our podcast. Thinking Outside the Boombox is his podcast. We're doing a series called Real Rhythm, where we discuss the history of hip-hop in uh, movies. So episode three is uh, next week. What uh, what are you guys covering in episode three? I know you've done uh, songs and biopics so far. We are doing uh, rappers turned actors. Oh, so we're fun. discussing the bigger ones 
the more successful, who's the better of the such. Okay. There's a lot of them, so we are kind of doing a broad sweep of um, rappers turned actors. Yeah, like Ludacris. He's one of them. We'll be talking about it, yeah. I, it's very cool. I, and of course the uh, I'm sure the feed for both podcasts can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Yeah, his uh, um, boy uh, T O T B the podcast is his uh, handles and stuff. Yeah, I, and uh, as well as ours, you can find both on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on uh, Spotify. Spotify is the third platform I was thinking of. Uh, you're listening to one podcast this week. Why not listen to two? Uh, I think that's a great idea. All right. That next week we have the finale of the Sweet Sixteen Candles. We will fi- finalize our lead eight and a half. A lot of big matchups next week. You do not want to miss it. This has been what's in the box office. I've been your host Brian, and I've been your host Noah. Until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie. <laughs>